rolling. Episode, I wrote it down somewhere, something 90-something? 91? Yeah, 491. I think it's 491, No Laugh Track Podcast. Wow. Yes. That's crazy town. Yes, that is the voice of Chris Porter. I'm Justin Severson, the host of this podcast each and every week at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. Most times I talk to the headliner, including this week, Chris Porter. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it would have been, I thought, because that's when the way you started the sentence, you're like, normally I talk to the headliner, and I was like, wait, did something happen last night? So we got to, yeah. Did that set not go so well? Yeah, normally it's uh, like midweek, and then we So, can- Chris, you were bumped down to feature. Like, <laughs> wait, what? What the fuck happened? I did well. <laughs> if you want to see. Saturday's sold out. <laughs> it's sold out for, Acme is sold out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that. They'll probably tell me that at settlement. <laughs> All right. No, you didn't sell out. We sold out. We could have had anyone here. Yeah. And no. we did. Not true. Chris Porter has been at Acme this week. You are technically skipping an evening. You're not going to be here Friday night. I am nights. taking a night off. But, yeah. But uh, to do I'm a different gonna show. To, I'm going to have to go do a, one of those privates. One of them privates. Yeah. Someone's taking me into the champagne room. <laughs> you're going to show your privates. I'm going to show my privates. <laughs> but you're uh, back here Saturday. It's back late, here Saturday. You said late show sold out already. Both shows sold out. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I shouldn't be surprised. I should. I sh- You should be. Stop. Should be. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, it's nice to do that, especially, like, in advance. Hell yeah. Like, the early show was sold out, like, on Monday. Nice. And, you know, a lot of that is Acme. Acme's a amazing club for sure but there were definitely years where being at uh, that didn't happen yeah oh for sure um this week you had the uh, valentine's day uh, started valentine's day was great that sold out i'm not going to take any credit for that i mean that love sold that out i mean you know uh and it was a good show and why not have me as your valentine's day comic the guy who can't hold a girlfriend to save his life no the guy known for his relate long-term relationships (laughs) yeah (laughs) dude i've watched my specials and it's just you know, the thing about being 20 and being single, you know, the thing about being in your 30s and being single, and now I'm like, so 44 and being single. Right. And I, <laughs> of course, on the last special, uh, which isn't out yet, I say the thing about being in your 40s and single is you got to come to terms with the fact that it's probably you. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's like, at this point, it's, you know. That's funny. I look back, I, you. this isn't the first time you've done Valentine's Week here at Acme. It, it isn't? Once, yeah, no, you did it once before. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, it all it all blends together after a while. Oh, for sure. Like, I didn't even realize that, you know, the first time I was here was 12 years ago. Like, 2010. Okay. It doesn't seem like that long ago. And, uh... The first time I was re- trying to... I was reminding you before we started recording, the first time we did the podcast here... September fourth, twenty thirteen, Chris. Wow. Yeah. Here are the here are the notes from that. Have a listen. As Chris talks about being on Last Comic Standing, Ugh. seeing himself on TV for the first time, and the pivotal moment in his life that changed his entire future plans. I assume that's the golf ball hitting you. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. Probably. I don't yeah. know why we just didn't say he got hit in the head with a golf ball, but uh, uh, yeah, you know, you got to leave some of the imagination. You <laughs> can't sell right. the whole boat. <laughs> that's true. Gotta, so that was ten, almost ten years ago, and here we are still doing it. Yeah, crazy town. Yes. Well, I remember the first time I was ever at this club. I wasn't even performing here. I was performing at Knuckleheads. Oh, rest, the Chuckle Hut. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, 
and I came over here to see Mitch Hedberg because I had open I was opening for him a lot back then. Look at that! And so I was like, man, I just want to hang out, and see the club, and I just remember. You know, the green room was not nearly as done up as it is now. Right. Uh, it was just like a cave. Uh, but, yeah, I just remember coming down here and because, you know, not to blow smoke up everyone's a-hole, but, like, you know, for since I began comedy, Acme's been talked about and revered as Hell one yeah. of the greats. And so to be able to come in here and actually see it and, you know, kind of, have Mitch vouch for you a little bit was was pretty neat. Hell yeah! So, How well did you get to know him? I mean, you know, as well as you can get to know Mitch. You know, he wasn't a he didn't go out a you know heroin addicts don't go out a lot. Yeah, um, they're kind of got to have something to hide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is hilarious because the first time I met him, I had heard rumors, and I just thought. You know, and I wouldn't bring this up, but there's like, you know, at this point there's documentaries about it. But, um, you know, you'd heard the rumors and I just, you know, I just, I didn't think in a million years anyone I came in contact with did heroin. And so you were just like, I, I told him straight, I was like, hey man, just FYI, a lot of people think you do heroin. And I remember telling him that. And he was like, oh, okay, good to know. And I was like. Because we're like smoking a joint. I'm like, you're not, you're obviously not doing heroin. And he's like, yeah, right? <laughs> oh my God. And because uh, like I was the go to authority on heroin use, <laughs> kid who grew up in suburban Kansas City. <laughs> um, right. So, uh, yeah. But, That's very interesting. But, but yeah, they, Chris. Yeah, heroin. No. That's crazy. Oof. Super nuts. Uh, but, you know, Mitch was a, an amazing dude and. I remember he, first couple, like, I, I worked with him at Uncle Funny's in Fort Lauderdale, also rest in peace. I was going to say, that can't still be around. I've never heard of that. Uh, no, well, uh, uh, that's not, that was uh, Al Dorfman? It's Al Dorfman. Yeah, I think it's Al. Oh, fucking, we see each other all the time. He's going to be mad. The Uncle Funny? Uh, anyway, it's Brian and Al. Uh, it's not Al. Fuck. Anywho. Can you edit this out so they'll book me at Zany's? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, we'll throw their names in. Mis Bob and Mr. Dorfman there you go. at Uncle Funny's uh, folded his club into what is now the Lauderdale Improv or whatever. Sure. So, and now he's him and his brother and have Nashville and Chicago Zany's and the Alabama Club and okay. all that stuff. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I remember... Uh, we did that show, and then, like, the next week, you know, you're the young comic, so if the headliner gives you his number, you call him the next week like your friends. And I think at that point, like, I kind of was wise enough to – I just called to say thanks for being cool and hanging out because I had heard all about it, but I had never heard his comedy or seen him, and so I saw him live for the first time, and you obviously he was Mitch Hedberg. And that's when I realized I had seen I had seen his Comedy Central presents and been like, "This dude's either going to be the greatest thing ever, or you know, I just thought he was amazing. Yeah, I just didn't know if the world would get him. And his Comedy Central presents is also kind of legendary. I was going to say it was on a lot. It did back not in those days. It did not go well. The original, like if you watch the original taping. Which I think is on YouTube, like the whole unedited thing. It's like it didn't go great. Oh, that's right. That yeah. Heard about that. Uh, anywho, 
So I called him. He called back, and we talked for like 15 minutes. Like we talked like we were old friends. Look at that. And then you know he would, if there was ever a club I wanted to get into, and he was working it, I could call him, and he would get me into it. So like I, he got me into the Stardome and a couple other places. Holy crap! And then, uh, yeah, it was it was just a lot of fun. You know, he was he was a great guy. He was fun to hang out with. Um, he was never on time to shows, which was hilarious, because <laughs> they would always pick me up. And then they would go get, you know, I was always staying at the regular hotel, and then he was staying at the the posh, I, you know, I sell a lot of tickets hotel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we'd go get, you know, they wouldn't come down until 8.15 or something. And and Lynn was the host. So, um The person know. driving, you mean? What's that? The person driving? Oh no! The person driving would be the manager. Oh, I see. You know, they just come get us. They come get me, and then we go get Lynn and Mitch, and they wouldn't come oh, down. Oh, wife. That's what you're talking about, Lynn. Yeah, yeah Lynn, ten yes. or you know, they would. They'd come down like right at eight, like, like we're in some sort of time machine that <laughs> we could get there in zero seconds. <laughs> uh, so I mean, but other than that, you know, we'd get there, we'd have a good time, and put on great. I remember at the Stardome. Watching him get a standing ovation on a show he did laying down for the most part. I feel like I've heard about those performances. Yeah. Yeah. Just the shows where, you know, especially in Alabama where it's, it's, you either loved him or you hated him, especially in Hoover, Alabama. And so it was like a Friday late show and people were just screaming out bits. Yeah. Like it was a Springsteen show, you know. And he, he just got to the point where he was... In a slightly defeated way, he just kind of laid down and people would yell out a bit and he would do it perfectly. And then they'd lay out and then he'd do another bit and he just laid there. Because at the stardom, there were two steps and then a riser. Uh-huh. So he would just kind of, and his feet were on the stage. And then he said good night and he just put the mic down and then the curtains closed. And that was the end of the show. And he got a standing ovation. Could you ever see yourself doing such a thing? Uh, man, I hope so. I hope my jokes are that great to where I can just lay down and just say them. Yeah. And people think it's the best show they've ever seen. <laughs> like, man, I, that's... Maybe that's the test of whether you're ready to record. <laughs> uh, welcome to my lay down weekend. <laughs> Turns out, not ready. Yeah. <laughs> Experiment failed. Yeah. <laughs> Just like when I tried gay. All right. Have you been paying attention to this uh, Aaron Rodgers going on a darkness retreat? Yeah, he's weird, man. Yeah. I mean, listen, I live in L.A. where there's a lot of fucking weird hippie shit going on. There's a girl I fought. Do you need to take that? Oh, uh, no. Uh, no, I don't. But co- coincidentally, it's a call from Garden City, Kansas. Oh, uh, that's... Do, do that's, we know... Is that a real There's, place? That is a real place. There's no one you need to talk to calling from there. Yeah. It's not one of your relatives in Kansas. No. Okay. No, I have no Trying kin. to get a hold of you? I got me? no kin <laughs> in Garden City. Okay. Uh, by the way, use the word kin in Los Angeles and you're on a list. <laughs> um, I bet. But, no, there's a lot of weird hippie shit. that go, Like, there's a girl in L.A. Uh, she was drinking her own pee, putting that on Instagram. Like, apparently that's, like, some sort of healing quality like everyone's just trying to figure out a, a way to feel to feel 
I think. Because they're all just doing the weirdest cold plunges. I started, I did my first cold plunge the other day. Really? And I'm into it. It's, I've never panicked like that in my life. Down to what? Just some shorts? Just some shorts. And it wasn't like the ice bath. I got in my buddy's like 50 degree pool or whatever. You know, it was like the beginner thing. Oh, okay. And because he's a, he got in there for like four minutes, and he's like, "Oh, it's great for your testosterone." And he 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 just went straight into this like Zen thing. Like you could even hear his voice just like get a little quieter. And he was just like, "This is how I do it. Makes me feel good." I watched someone do that recently on YouTube, and there was like a coach going, "Breathe. It's your breathing. Yeah. Breathing." And I was sitting there going, <laughs> and he's just going, "Breathe, breathe." And finally, went, no, 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 no. And I just ran out. And uh, have you have you warmed up? Have you finally warmed I up? Fought, well, till I got here, <laughs> right? Fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ! I even thought I even thought to myself, I was like, oh, this would be like, this should be like my last winter week because next week's Vegas, St. Louis is the week after that. It should start warming up then, and then Phoenix. So I was like, this should be my last hint of winter. And Minneapolis was like, well, then let us crank it up for you. I was on uh, everybody's favorite social media site, Facebook, this morning, and somebody in like my neighborhood group said something like, you know, with spring right around the corner, what's everybody excited about? And I commented, show me this corner. What yeah, corner? What? <laughs> yeah, we're, not, we're a corn- s- not according to my thermop. Yeah, no. We get snow in April. There's, it's beginning of February, or middle of February. Get over it. No, it's not happening. Anyway, so I was listening to something, uh, some guys talk on the radio about this darkness retreat, and they were, you know, describing all the, getting all the details about that, but then they were describing something that sometimes people go into it like a, uh, a room where there's no sound, mm-hmm. like negative sound, where you can literally hear your heart pumping. You mean like a float, like when they do those floats Not, and even stuff? Even more extreme than the float. Because yeah. with the float, I've strongly considered doing that many times, and I chicken out all the time. I, uh, no, a float is like them. 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. This is like, it's so quiet, you can hear your, uh, your, your blood pumping. And people go in and can't last more than 45 minutes because they just freak the fuck out. Because yeah. of the sound, you don't hear anything except the sounds of your body. Time has to slow down at that point. Ugh. At that point, you're probably like, yeah, I'm done. What am I in here? Like three days? They're like 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Well, shit. Sound is time. Sound is time, you guys. What do you think about those float chambers? Would you Have you or would you? I have not. I would. I would if someone bought me a gift certificate. I'd do it. That's exactly what happened to me, and I haven't freaking used it. Yeah. I mean, why not? If I had a... You know, on a Monday or a Tuesday night, go in there. They say, once you tell me something might be hallucinogenic, I'm usually going to try. Okay. Well, that's kind of why I was asking. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, mushrooms, DMT. I, I never did acid, but I just never had the time. I still have 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, it's not a short journey. No. <laughs> that's, that's and also, sure. what if you want to get all, like, that's the thing about mushrooms. You got a bad trip. You got to ride it out for like an afternoon. You don't have to ride it out into the nighttime, and then you're just like, man, that was... That's true. I could have done so many other things. That's very true. I was listening to... Uh, we could mention your podcast. I was listening to a couple episodes recently. Oh, the One Millionth Podcast? That's right. We called it that because we might... I, I was just like... My, you know, everyone was telling me you got to get a podcast so that fans can be fans or whatever and so finally one night i was 
because I tried a podcast back in the day, like in 2011. It was called Chris Porter's General Store. And uh, it was supposed to be like, hey, come in and we'll talk politics and we'll talk. We'll just take a subject and we'll talk about it that day. But we'll just talk about it like two dudes, like like we're, at a gen- like we're two rednecks at a general store. Yeah, just it's like, a great I, name. I think things should be this way. And like that was the kind of the mindset behind it. And uh, but then you're like you're relying on guests, which in Los Angeles is terrible because people call and they're like, I have an audition. And it's sure. all you can be like, well, sorry, I have a podcast, <laughs> but also <laughs> but also, I post Mondays. What do you mean you have an audition? Yeah, it's like, oh, you, oh, you might make 90 grand. Well, someone has to get an app out. So fucking figure it out. <laughs> And he, I just got tired. Or one time I had a guest on who had literally no opinions. And I was like, I told you what this thing was before. And he, I was like, what do you think about this? I don't know. Whatever people think. If they want to do that, that's cool. And I was just, so I just like, I got tired of rage flipping an anchor desk at the end of every show. I agree whatever whatever you say. Whatever, man, I don't care. Just whatever makes this hard and, and fucking ordinary. That's you know, I don't worry about stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know. Or or even, you know, you'd get someone on and, you know, they'd go off into some conspiracy theory and you're like, whoa, whoa, okay, I don't want to even propagate that. <laughs> well, <laughs> We're going yeah, to all this out. That's so I, I was a little butthurt. I had a you know a little triggered when it came to podcasts because of all that, and then you know one night I was hanging out with my sister and we were making each other laugh, and I was like this should be the podcast just me and you hanging out. She was like yeah that'd be fun what would we call it I was like I don't know fucking we're super late to the game we might as well just call it the one millionth podcast, and I was and then we just looked at each other I was like I guess we're calling it the one millionth podcast, <laughs> and uh, but you've stuck with it. Yeah, I mean, why not? We still hang out. Might as well record it. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's uh, it's a little, you know, it's made our relationship a little weird just because we don't like to talk during the week because we want it to seem so organic during the shows. Yeah. So it's kind of like we don't really talk a lot now, which which is fun. I mean, we talk when we need to. Like, she called me today. She needed to get to my apartment, like that kind of shit. Well, we used to call each other like on the daily and be like, oh, what'd you do? Blah, 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 blah. And now it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to waste this, you know, the spontaneity of it. Chris, I do that with my wife sometimes, though. If I have a good story, we're on the way somewhere, I'm going to, I might save it. Oh, really? Yeah. So you don't have to tell it twice? Yeah. Uh-huh. What like if you're going out with your friends and shit? Yeah, or family yeah. or whatever. Hundred like, percent. Just sit on this one. Tell everybody at once. Well, also, I mean, fucking, I love my dad to death, but that man will tell you the same story nine times if you let him. <laughs> and, you know, does it ever change? No, no. It's it's just there's a mind trigger, and he and fucking every time, I like something will come up and it'll be like, and I'll be like, oh, he's about to tell this story. He's like, remember that one time? I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I remember the one time. Everyone remembers the one time <laughs> he told the story at Christmas. He told the story again at Easter. We didn't even have a gathering. You just called everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I totally get that. And yep. I, but then you catch yourself doing it where you're like, hey, remember like that one time? They're oh, like, yeah. yeah, man, you just told us. And you're like, fuck, it's genetic. <laughs> 
Dad! But also, I that's I guess that's why I chose a business where I literally just tell the same stories every yeah, night. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're the same stories, and they're getting better and better. They're getting better. I thought of a new line for this, <laughs> so it gets another six months. Damn right. <laughs> so one of the things that... Uh, um, I listen, like I said, I listened to your podcast, and you were talking about the perfect edible high. Does this sound familiar? I mean, yeah, it exists. I mean, does it sound like something that you would say? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a fine line. It's like landing the shuttle. I thought it was very interesting the way you said I don't remember where you were describing buying some. You're like, the regulations. Like, I bought edibles, and one is like nothing. Oh, yeah, And then another one is I'm knocked out. Like, you start to realize maybe the government's all right. Maybe a little bit of regulation's okay. Yes. Because. I never thought of this like that. Yeah, cause it, and I didn't either, because in California, each one's 10 milligrams, and it better fucking be, or you're going to get in trouble by the state. Yeah. And New York, they. That's where it was, New York. Yeah, New about. York, the market, you know, it's been legal for almost two years now. And they just haven't gotten, they haven't gotten the marketplace set up, so it's this weird thing. Where you don't even buy the edibles or the weed, you buy a sticker. That was really strange. Yeah, because I was like, give me the edibles, and then he threw a sticker on top of it. I go, what's that? He goes, technically, I sold you that sticker for 10 bucks. He's like, because I can't sell weed, but I can gift it. And I was like, this is a fucked up state, man. And I, I live in California, like right? the most fucked up <laughs> of right. the states. Yeah. A state where one day they said, hey, electric cars by 2035, and then two days later they said, hey, Please stop charging your electric cars. So, uh, but yeah, so I took, and also like I used to eat cookie. I used to have eat cookies that a friend of mine made, and you'd the have original w- edibles, the original edibles, and that was the real crap shoot, because he's not a scientist or a cook for that matter. <laughs> he's just a guy that makes cookies, that, and he would tell me about the making. He was like, I just threw what I had in it. It'd be hash, shatter. Flour. You had no idea what you're getting into. Right. And there were a couple of times where one I, cookie's literally green. Yes. <laughs> and also they were being made for the lead singer of the Black Crows, who is like the Superman of drugs. The same man I watched do acid and three hours later go to sleep. Oh my god. And so he eats them and he's like, Yeah, feel fun. And meanwhile, I'm just like, <laughs> and I remember I ate half of one. And I got on this plane, and it kicked in. I was like, I'm fucked. This is bad. And I'm just having this quiet, internal freak out. And that's, and I was in it's in an emergency exit row, and you start to look around, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, anyone can just open that door, I guess. Which, by the way, is untrue. Once you get to a certain altitude, those doors will not open. Air pressure. Right? No matter how much you pull on them. Yeah. Mainly, in case some psychopath... Gets up high on too much edible <laughs> and decides to yank on the thing. And so, but I, I wasn't like I'm like I'm not gonna get up and yeah. But like what off? What if some? What if this? What's this dude doing? Is this dude gonna fucking get up and pull on that thing? I'm totally gonna tackle him if he gets up right now. And you're eyeing everybody up. And there, and then you're just like ah. Uh, and then literally ten minutes later, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> And then, yeah, and then the next thing you know, you're being awakened to get off the plane. But I did hit the perfect one. I think it's about 30 milligrams. I think I figured it out. Interesting. Um, and it was like the perfect, got on the plane, played a little switch, thought it was really cool, put it down, put my eye mask on, woke up, and it was, we were landing. Yeah. 
And I was like, nailed it. Nice. Nice. Write that down. <laughs> yeah, same. Write that down in my weed journals. <laughs> I finally did it right. Yeah, I love that. So uh, we need to talk about this, something that was covered last week because you have something in common with Matthew Broussard. Opening for... Oh, yeah. Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get in a fight with a bus driver like he did, but... Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Uh, to be fair, like, that's just what I heard. Uh, uh, he didn't start it. Uh, the bus drivers, he's a prickly character, as most drivers would be. Interesting. Uh, anywho, um, yeah, no, I got to, they called me to do that. First off, I love tour buses. I used to ride around in the Black Crows tour bus. Uh, every once in a while, I rode in a couple of the Chris Robinson Brotherhood tour buses. There, it's just, it's a fun life. I it's bet. like you're on a pirate ship. Like you're all just like a group, and you get out, and you're like, hey, 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 and then you get back in the bus, and you fucking, next thing you know, you're in the next place. Yeah. And uh, so they called, and they offered me that, and I was like, yeah. And then they're like, oh, also, you're playing the Boston Garden. And I was just like, well, that's going to be neat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, I just, the cool thing about these show, you know, this career and stuff is like you do these club shows every night and they're great and you know you're building hours and stuff and then every once in a while you get this these opportunities and i just kind of think i'm like that all the shit i've been doing for three years has led up to this like this is why i've been doing this every night not that clubs aren't great but the fucking boston garden pretty awesome yeah like you walk down paul pierce tunnel and all the all the championship banners, the banners. are in the rafters yes. and uh you showered in the away teams we got to we used the away nhl locker room so it was like just this weird it's just weird yeah and then you walk you know and then you walk up on stage and like i've opened for bands at big venues and that sucks because a third of the audience gives a shit. Okay, yeah. You know, the re- even if they know you're coming, they don't. You're still the opener. Yeah. Doing something different. Doing what- something different, yeah. And not something they're into, probably. Right. And so, but to do this show where they're there to see stand-up comedy. They're stand-up comedy fans. And there's 13,500 of them. You know, is fucking awesome. Yeah. It was course you're walking up on stage just going man hope this works because you know you can do the same jokes for a hundred nights and then the hundred first night for whatever reason that shit's just off yeah you just have a rough show man would it suck to have a i've had rough shows in big events and that sucks and uh how many openers is he using two two we each do 15 does it matter who goes first and second to you no you we care? flip flop i did ask to go second at the garden uh just because i had a lot of friends there and the crazy thing was it was super cold like as cold as it is here today and boston is not as prepared as minneapolis so they had a lot of water mains breaking oh yeah and as a matter of fact <laughs> I keep wanting to call them the inglorious bastards, but uh, the impractical jokers were uh, 
had a show down the street, and theirs got canceled because the water main broke and the theater had to be evacuated. Oh, jeez. So they all came over to our show, and that was great. Like, Jay Larson, Q from uh, Inglorious and in Impractical Jokers. Just go with it. A couple of them came over, and it was Brad just Brad Pitt like, was there from Inglorious. And, that, you know, that's when you – and that was another cool moment where you're like, even in these big-ass venues, this is still a community. Like, we're all still just friends hanging out. We're just lucky enough tonight we're hanging out at the fucking garden. Yeah, with 13,000 strangers. Yeah, and, you know, I went up there. The set went really well. I got, you know, and 15 minutes is long enough to be up there, kind of get your footing, and have that beat where you're like, I'm playing the fucking Boston Garden, yeah. and it's going pretty well. Now let's finish it off. And and you just kind of land it. So, like, here you're doing, what, 50 minutes to an hour. There you're doing 15. How yeah. is it choosing that 15? Um, is that real whatever easy? Is, for me, it was just, like, what's most... I'm, I'm a little selfish in the fact that, like, what's the most new? Just because I know that's going to... I'm going to have the most enjoyment saying those jokes. I'll probably be the most present telling those jokes. You def- in those moments, you want to be present. You don't want to be just rattling off the greatest hits. Right. Uh, that being said, I did end with a thing off Ugly and Angry. Oh. Just because... Uh, <laughs> the funny thing was, I walked off stage, and my my best friend... one Two of my best friends were there. One of them, Zach Myers, from the band Shinedown. Um, and they're, one of their biggest hits is they covered Simple Man. And I walked off stage, and he goes, I think it was cool that you did the old thing at the end. I said, fuck yeah, man, we're at the garden. Play Simple Man. And he just laughed. He goes, yeah, man, you do the hits. Very cool. And, you know, machine. You know, Burt Kreischer did the machine. He does it at the end of every... And you know what's funny is, and kind of like this big, like, everything comes full circle. I was playing Omaha three or four years ago, and maybe five years ago, and Bert was doing his, he did one of those call-in sick-to-work shows, and uh, I showed up to do that with him, and he was like, man, I got all this new material, I'd hate having to do the machine, it takes up 13 minutes, and I'm like, fuck these people, they came, they paid to see you, they've seen, the, they want to see the machine, go on YouTube and see the machine, Yeah, do your act, and he goes, and he just kind of gave me this look like, okay, and he walked up on stage, and he did like 45 minutes. And then at the end of the 45 minutes, he goes, uh, hey, I got a bunch of new st- I got some more new stuff I want to do, but uh, do you guys want to hear the machine? He goes, by round of applause, or by show of hands, how many of you absolutely need to hear the machine? There was like 70% of them. And he, and he looked at, he knew where I was standing. He looked at me in the back of the room, and he goes, good to know <laughs> and i was like and it was like the biggest lesson learned yeah wow on the planet and so after that i started doing shit off ugly and angry. and every once in a while still now i'll do a, you know especially now i'm at this point i just recorded a special i'm the hour is 30 percent done so i'm usually kind of flailing at the end anyway like i'll i'll close with a rape nudge or do something like something I know the fans will dig. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, even at the garden, he would do his full hour and then, you know, including 
them singing the national anthem together and a bunch of other like it's like he's a showman and then like they're laughing about something else he did it so brilliantly they'll be it's the laughter is dying off about another joke and he goes when i was 22 i got involved with the russian mafia and everyone goes insane of course insane the fuck it uh, i was talking to uh, one of the like his assistant and he said at one of the venues they stood for the entire joke a joke is 13 minutes and that which is because you can tell how the paradigm in comedy changes because like when we were coming up you, you better not do any of the jokes that we've heard you better not and and to some extent, that's still in there. People are like, "Hey, if I'm going to come, is, am I just going to watch the same hour I've seen?" Right. And you got to be like, "Nah." But it's like weird because then there's people in the audience that are like, "But I also wanted to hear the bit about your dad." I also think there's a fine point between uh, some guys that are doing their like 75 percent of their uh, act from 20 years ago, yeah, and aren't changing things over on purpose. Versus the ones who are playing the greatest hits. For sure. Right? I mean, Kevin Meany famously was like, I haven't written a joke in like 15 years. And they came out to see America. I mean, but all, I mean, Kevin Meany was an iconic machine that fucking, I'd go see that every year. <laughs> Isn't that but crazy? Like, look, man, I go, I'm buddies with Kid Rock. I go see a bunch of his shows. It's pretty much the same. And they know it. The yep. audience knows exactly what they're coming in. They have their favorite parts. And he'll throw in a couple of new things. He might he'll change some things here and there, but predominantly. And that's when you realize that's what you know, as an artist, whether you think it's cool or not, the real the, the acts that are making the big money are doing are putting on a fucking show and giving the audience what they what want. What they want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, the Black Crows famously we're like, oh, no. I mean, I, I remember going to shows, and they didn't play a single hit. And those were the shows I loved as a as a weird artist band guy. Like, that, those, you know, and then you'd leave, and all the fans would be like, they didn't even fucking play Remedy. And See, so, you know, I, I think I've told you this before. I went to a Black Girls show once, and I was like, I kind of wanted to hear more of the hits. Yeah. Yeah. It but was then, like they jammed so much, and they were so good at it. But it was like, I want to hear. But that's not. There's a reason Bud Light is the most popular beer on the planet. Yeah, and it's, it's Is it because it's good? No. But it's because people know what they're going to get when they get it, and they can get it anywhere they want it. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, and once the Black Crow started, once they advertised, hey, we're playing all those songs you want to hear, they started filling fucking arenas. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. It's like there's, and I, fuck, man, I get it. It's got to suck to go out there and play a song you've played 20,000 times again. With emotion. With em- Yeah, <laughs> and, and sell it. And, and, you know, and the thing is, is like, as, you know, and Bert does it now. Like, he tells stories within the story about, you know, now the, now the whole machine thing is more about how, it, how the fans made him famous because they made it viral. Yeah. And, you know, you can't, in the middle of She Talks to Angels, start talking about the heroin addicted woman that you met one time no. when you were 19. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, you just have to play the fucking song. Oh, <laughs> uh, um the, we should wrap this up pretty quick here, but uh what was I going to ask you? What is the rest of the year looking like for you? 
It's just just more road. Yeah, a lot of road. A couple more Burt dates, I think. Um, yeah, just trying to. You know, I got a new special coming out in April. It's coming out in April. It's coming out in April. It'll be like a YouTube, Amazon thing. The, okay. the special we called uh, "There's No Money in Babies," and because uh, <laughs> there isn't. And um, uh, yeah, but other than that, just for me personally, it'll be rebuilding the hour. Um, and then uh, polishing it up and getting you know it's it's just the same cycle over and over again. You just hope you're doing it for more and more people each time. Sure, merch uh, in with you in Minneapolis this week. Uh, so here's the. T- uh oh. So I went to Milwaukee before this, and I sell records. I sell vinyl records. They're heavy as fuck. Yeah. Uh, I, I have one. I packed as so many. I packed as many in as I could to the suitcase. So much that I broke the suitcase. The suitcase got to Milwaukee, had a hole in it because the wheel had punctured through. And these Milwaukee motherfuckers bought every piece of merch I had. Motherfuckers. In three days. Just gone. I uh, Probably 80 pieces of merch. Just gone. And I feel bad. But it, uh, no, not this time. But Milwaukee time, ruined it for Minneapolis. Milwaukee ruined but probably not the first time that happened. <laughs> That's going to be a talk- topic I'm going to research for the next time you're here. <laughs> Things that Milwaukee ruined for Minneapolis. I'm sure there's a few shitty trades with the Brewers. <laughs> no doubt about that. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we do have to do one final thing. Congrats on your football team winning. Oh, thank you. Did, you. did you buy your merch already? No, I was looking at it earlier today. Uh, I think I'm just going to get some glasses, like some, like, cups. Oh, sure. Pint uh, glass. Pint glasses, yeah, nice. that Love kind that of stuff. stuff. I Love think it. I'm a little beyond the... Man, when the Royals won the World Series, I bought, well, first off, it had been 30 fucking years of mediocrity, right. so it was like kind of a bigger deal. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I bought everything, and now I don't wear any of it because you're like, this was eight years ago. Yeah, world I, champs. Yeah, uh, we remember. Yeah. The shirt's <laughs> old. When was that? Was that 14? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you get the glasses. Uh, it was fun. It was a great game. You know, a lot of controversy. I can't. I gotta stay off the internet. I was drunk, fucking night of the Super Bowl. Like you motherfuckers don't know what you're talking about, and you just realize you're screaming into a void. <laughs> right. And uh, but yeah. Have you seen the highlight of the uh, Super Bowl parade the other day? The, which one? Where he almost falls out of the bus? Oh, I didn't see that. I saw somebody toss a uh, look like some fireball or something to Kelsey. And he quickly slams it. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it. they probably do that during the game, to be fair. <laughs> um, Arrowhead's a weird place. No, it was amazing, uh, especially like halfway into the year. I remember talking to my uncle and being like, I see us exiting early out of the playoffs. Yeah, just, Buffalo looked like the team. Buffalo looked like the team. I just, and he does it every year, but it's still, Smagnolia, our defensive coordinator, like struggles throughout the, and he may, just kind of, he may be a super genius where he just kind of treads water till the playoffs and then he starts really like showing some schemes and stuff. Because there was a time where I was like, our secondary can't stop anyone. Yeah. And then throughout the playoffs, they were just unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it was a great game. You know, I say any game that comes down to one call, you probably didn't win anyway. Yep. Uh, so. 
and you know the Chiefs have been on the bad on the bad end of some calls. So like I don't, I feel great. Do I feel like it changed my life in any way? Absolutely not. Yeah. But it's it's gonna make for a good off season. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. It was a good run, and then you finish it off. We did. Yeah. Which is what I told her. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, hopefully let's do this again uh, next year. Huh? I would love to come back and let's do it again. Please. Anytime they offer me Acme, I take it. Good. So yeah. excellent. Thanks, Chris. All right. Thank you. Did you see?